Are we ready, gentlemen? Do we have a do we have a roll call? Give me an A. Give me an ooh. Give me an ah. What do we got? No. Ugh. All right, let's fucking go, Yo. baby. Yeah. Woo. yeah. Okay, I think I'm a boomer. I think I'm a zoomer. I think I'm a doomer. Damn, I'm like a zoomer. Okay. It's happening. E double G. It's fucking happening. I T E coming with the heat. I stay fooling with my Welcome to the Grillcast, the only podcast in the whole entire world dedicated to radical centrism. I am your host, Orion. Joining me as always is Micah. What is going on, big guy? I'm doing all right, man. It's good to be back. Thank you for the prompt response. And we have a very special returning guest, the third man, Marcy. What is going on, my guy? What is good? Life's pretty good, man. It's good to be back on the show. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Especially for this episode. Um, a, a massive episode. My grillas. What a week. Here, let me let me cue this up really Whew. quick. This is really important. I have some uh some background music to go with this little ditty here. My God, the happenings are upon us. My grillas, the GOP primary <laughs> debates are in full swing as the strongest and most capable candidates converged in Milwaukee to hash out their visions for the future and make their cases to why they are, in fact, the epic red pill Chad and the other contenders are, in fact, the gay cringe soy jack. In this hollowed hall of debate, the greatest leaders duke it out to establish their intellectual prowess and demonstrate their testicular fortitude to the country. Nay, the world at large! For you, my loyal grillers, I've gathered some of the all-time greatest moments of this monumentous occasion. We will be dissecting them, examining the merits of these candidates and their message, and determining once and for all, who is the next candidate for President of the United States of America? So, basically, they're there to convince us that they're not wholly and completely irrelevant and can take Trump's place. Yeah, which yeah, is a yeah, hard basically. sell, which is a pretty hard sell. <laughs> well, no, I look forward. I, I look forward to it. The gist of it, though, is that the election is starting. It's, it feels like it's actually happening now. I kind of got this feeling when Kanye did all this shit, but that was obviously just a precursor. This, the mugshot thing, it's happening. It's it's beginning. It's political season again. Well, Kanye's, Ka- Kanye's thing, that wasn't real. That was just like, what, what you, that was grifting. Well, look, at the end of the day, uh, we're we're at a place right now where it's all beginning again. The uh, the, the The contest. You know, it's like a reality show. You have nine boomers on stage all coming together to see, will you elect them? Will they get the most votes? You know, if anything, we should probably move to a system like American Idol where you just vote by phone and then we know immediately. But we drag this out for over a year to make sure the most nectar can be collected. Okay, to make sure that the most uh, juice can be squeezed out of the stone. This is like, and and it's also, you know, it's a period of time that I find analogous. Like you could, like it's 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 the Wingcucks version of like autumn for white girls. <laughs> the pumpkin spice yeah. of politics. Yes. Go go ahead, Mason. I think you're oh, saying something. Oh, I just love that the GOP. It's 
it will be a blood sport forever. And it was this time. Like, I don't know. We were talking about the Democrats primary debate last year compared to this one was so boring. Ever since Trump arrived, the GOTP debates are about slam dunking people. They're about making fun of everyone. They're about being loud and fucking obnoxious. And it's awesome. It really is a positive development for our country. And it, it bodes well for the future. I thought, you know, maybe that there was a chance, especially with Trump not attending this debate, that we wouldn't see this kind of blood sport, that we wouldn't see, you know, candidates trying to drink other candidates' blood. But they know what the people want. They've done the A-B testing, and they've seen firsthand, this is what I need to become the new president of the United States. And so, without further ado, you know, I want to begin with the opening question of the debate. The, the, the first thing you see when you're trying to consider what candidate am I going to support? Who, out of this pool of very qualified and cool and not at all cringing gay candidates, am I going to support here today? So, uh, let's, let's begin with that. As we sit here tonight... The number one song on the Billboard chart is called Rich Men, North of Richmond. It is by a singer from Farmville, Virginia, named Oliver Anthony. His lyrics speak of alienation, of deep frustration with the state of government and of this country. Washington, D.C. is about 100 miles north of Richmond. So, Governor DeSantis, why is this song so deep and striking impactful. such a nerve in this country right now? What do you think it means? Our country is in decline. This decline is not inevitable, it's a choice. We need to send Joe Biden back to his basement and reverse American decline. Damn, bro. Oh. Um, wow. Amazing. That wow. Was a, what a kill Very shot. Did you argument. know Joe Biden bad? Did you know Joe Biden bad? Now, that, that was about the core of every one of DeSantis's arguments, but... You know, when I watch this video, the opening of this debate, you know, you, you see their reactions. It pans across the screen, all of them stone faced because these aren't people. The reptilian shapeshifters, it doesn't strike a chord in their heart <laughs> the way that it has for their constituents because they're not even human. They can't identify with this. They look deeply uncomfortable, like their skin's belt about to melt. I think off, that might be know? because the singer is a ginger. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, I was watching. It is this. kind of. Uh, that always makes me uncomfortable seeing those things. I was watching this with my boomer dad, and he's just like, "What the hell are they doing? Some, <laughs> some country song? What is this?" <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you see the song. Uh, it's about how the white Appalachian man is suffering, how he feels lost in this world. And DeSantis, because he's a robot reptilian shapeshifter, not a human, instead of identifying with any part of the song, just immediately launches into my Joe Biden, my Joe Biden back in the basement, my Joe Biden. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of telling. And 
you know, a big part of that, why they're so uncomfortable, I think, is because they have an inkling of the knowledge that this song is about them as well. Uh, you know, it, it's not just the Chuds have adopted this song; they've except taken Vivek. it into their hearts. <laughs> except Vivek, except, <laughs> except him. He That's was. Right. I think he just grins when he's uncomfortable, and uh, I'll I'll show that in later clips. But you know, I I want to play the second video of. Oliver Anthony, the songwriter uh, shown here, reacting to his song being played on Fox News for this gaggle of uh, reptilian shapeshifters. You know, like it was funny seeing my song in the. It was fun. It was funny seeing it at the presidential debate because it's like I wrote that song about those people. You know, so for them to have to sit there and listen to that. No, uh, that it's about me. Joe Biden. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, but it was funny kind of seeing the response to it. Like, that song has nothing to do with Joe Biden, you know? No! It's a lot bigger <laughs> than Joe Biden. Um, that song is written about the people on the on that stage. Nothing and a lot is more bigger too, not than just Joe them, Biden. But, but definitely them. That's Bidenflation there, Micah. It's cool seeing some of my other music. Look. I feel bad for this guy because, you know, the song breaks out. It's this big hit single. A lot of people identifying with it. And immediately he's painted as some sort of, like, mega chud. Like, oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people arguing back and forth. Well, he said welfare is bad. And the the uh, online right conservative grifter sphere, you know, they latch onto it and say, this is the biggest song in America for a reason. It's because people support me. But the, the truth of the matter is... the politicians on stage the rightoid twitter elon ball hangers they're nothing like this guy this guy is like just a poor guy who doesn't have much he's break i don't know i feel kind of uh, bad wait. for the guy even though he's a ginger yeah how does a ginger have more soul than anyone on that stage answer me this you know they're really trying to convince me that this guy is country like they interview him here and he just happens to be like sitting in his truck like really you couldn't have interviewed him <laughs> somewhere else he's from farmsville like it's literally called farmsville <laughs> and then it's, it's an as far as i'm concerned the entire east coast you're not really country from the east coast aren't there like a trillion people over there like i don't know i don't really have a i'm just you know like how country are you really yeah i i do like gatekeeping so i i will agree with you there you know this guy could be a reptilian shapeshifter too but i feel like if he was then he would just uh you know, accept the pats on the ass from all these people and say, yeah, I'm fighting for your freedom. This guy has taken a uh, hardline stance against that sort of thing. He's said his song is not political, and he said that his politics are dead center. So I have to assume, you know, I have to take his side in this matter um, because I have to assume that, uh, you know, he, he's not allowing himself to be co-opted for their purposes. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why they even considered for a second that a uh, POC singing about white men uh, in Washington D.C. was a a uh, conservative a conservative message or a platform. Especially the front line, of the debate. Yeah, the like the, the very front, front of, of the debate. debate. Like that's. <laughs> That's how they open this up. That's how they kick off the political event of like at the next democratic at the next democratic uh presidential primary debates, they're probably going to they're they're probably going to give their opinions on uh the messaging of 
you know the latest Mickey Minaj hit. And, okay, uh, just so, just imagine for a second with me if in 2020 the Democratic primary debates had opened with them playing uh, "Fuck Donald Trump" by. Um, do you remember that rap song? <laughs> used to play at a lot of parties in college. <laughs> like, what, yeah. what do you, how do you yeah, feel yeah. about this? This is like this was number one on the charts. Like, how do you feel about this? Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Democrats do something cool like that next time. All right, the recording just got dropped there. We're going to have to pick it back up. Sorry for the in- interruption and the delay. Folks, Vivek, the Indian man on stage, uh, he was under big attack. Every side, people coming at him. Big attack. And uh, yeah, he was under a big attack. Okay. No, not a small attack, not a medium attack. The whole panel mm-hmm. converging to destroy him. And so I have a few clips highlighting uh, all of this. And I'll start off with one Michael Pence versus Vivek. Because, uh, yeah, the theme of this debate that I noticed, it was Vivek versus the world. And I I think the reason they went after him was because he's doing the, uh, oh, I'm, I'm an outsider, guys. Like, look at me. I'm just like Trump, but Indian. Uh, and probably also because he's young, he's 38 years old, which is like 20. 20 in Indian years? I don't know. And brown. Like Indians kind of, and brown. <laughs> Indians kind of have a thing like dogs where they're like human age, but then they also have like a different age. Do you get what I'm, what I'm yeah, trying to I, lay I, down? I, I get what you're saying. I feel like Mike Pence in particular can't stand him because he's brown. Like normally when people are like, this candidate's racist, I'm like, I don't know, but Mike Pence, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. definitely not down with the brown. Mike guess, Pence is yeah. not down That's from that. fucking Indiana. <laughs> Why is the help on stage? Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so in this clip, uh, the difference between him, Vivek, and the old guard, it's pretty thoroughly illustrated. So I'll just go ahead and play that clip and give some insightful commentary to help you decide uh, Vi- how to feel about it. Vivek just starts talking. And Mike Pence pans over to him. What's that smell? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. We're in the middle of a national identity crisis. And I say this as a member of my generation, the problem in our country right now, the reason we have that mental health epidemic is that people are so hungry for purpose and meaning at a time when family, faith, patriotism, hard work have all disappeared. What we really need is a tonal reset from the top saying that this is what it means to be an American. Yes, we will stand for the rule of law. Yes, we will close the southern border where criminals are coming in every day. And yes, we will back law enforcement because we remember who we really are. And that's also how we address that mental health epidemic in the next generation that is directly leading to violent crime across this country. Governor DeSantis, really quickly. Mike Pence is pissed to hear this. (laughs) So Vivek, you know, he's clearly trying to appeal to the like, where my country gone? The the like culture war, uh, rightoid thing with his campaign, and it's something that's particularly appealing to the younger generation of conservatives. It's not even a younger generation of conservatives thing. I feel like that resonates with like a younger gen- generation of Democrats too. This whole idea that it's like a lost generation, you know, we don't have our cool World War Two to die in or anything like that. Yeah, the whole lost generation concept. I don't think that's even a 
right wing thing. Like I think Democrats feel the same way. I don't know. Oh, it's, yeah, it's maybe, but they're not. They're not actually like trying to address it or recognizing it. I mean, and, and I think you know his his approach to solving the issue is also incorrect. I mean, he he doesn't even bring up TikTok. Yeah, no, isn't what we need <laughs> is more police. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's gonna fix the problem. <laughs> That'll yeah. fix it. That'll make people <laughs> we less have depressed. To keep those goddamn Mexicans out of the. It might, like, yeah, it might make. It might make me less depressed to have like a judge dread on every street corner, but I mean the average American, you know, need they need a little bit more help. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely a younger generation thing to feel, oh, we're the lost generation, like no one understands me. The world's dumb and gay. But like when boomers hear this and Pence, Mike Pence, the king of the boomers, really, he, he shows his disdain and really represents them as a generation by attacking this concept that uh, millennials and Gen Zers are like stupid and depressed and like don't know, you know, what the fuck they're going to do with their lives. It, it, it really hit, hurts them on a base level because it was their fault. So this next video, I kind of want to show, you know. How the boomer interprets yeah. the result of their own actions. We don't have an identity crisis with that. We're not looking for a new national identity. The American people are the most faith-filled, freedom-loving, idealistic, hard-working people the world has ever known. We just need government as good as our people. Well, Mike, I think the difference is you might have, some others like you may have on the stage, it's morning in America speech. It is not morning in America. We live in a dark moment, and we have to confront the fact that we're in an internal sort of cold cultural civil you war. You are so so a exactly failed win. government in Washington, D.C. We just need government as good as our people again. So, I can, so let me Governor just finish addressing that slogan, because I don't know what that slogan Brett, means. Mark, we need to shut to down the administrative state. That's actually how we translate it. Crime Brett, has been Mark, on the rise in Florida, Governor DeSantis. So it's really like the dumbest boomer shit you can ever hear. Like <laughs> everything's fine. Americans are doing great. Ha have you looked around, Mike? Hey, Americans are doing great. Have you ever gone to a fucking Walmart, Mike Pence, and seen all the planet-sized grease balls scooting around in their rascals? Have you seen that? Americans are fatter, stupider, and more poor than they've ever been before. It's absolutely the boomers' fault for fostering a culture that's resulted in this. And rather than face that fact or confront it, they say, oh, we're all doing fine. We just need to elect me to be president. That'll fix everything. <laughs> no, the problem is so much deeper than that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Mike Pence is is definitely in the camp of, well, uh, if you just, uh, you know, believe in Jesus and you start a small business and buy a lake house in the Carolinas and elect me as your president, then uh, you'll be happy. You can just see how angry he is because he literally has no idea what Vivek is talking about. Like, yeah. He doesn't get it at all. He's like, what? Huh? <laughs> That's the standard boomer response, dude. Like when they hear that, they get angry it, it, because it's so far removed from their boomer experience. And they, why are they you so upset? My think, stock, my stock options are great right now. Why are you so? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> and you know, speaking of fat and dumb, uh, Chris Christie also went on the attack <laughs> against Vivek. Um, you know, he, he was up there. I have to give Chris Christie credit on one thing. He was a real firebrand up there. He was picking fights. He was shitting on people. 
unapologetically shit on Donald Trump for getting arrested, even though the rest of them, uh, you know, sucked up a little bit, just a little bit. They rode the fence a little bit. But if you put Chris Christie on a fence, that fence is going to break. That's not an option. (laughs) Okay, so uh, I want to play a video here. Of Chris Christie trying to dunk on Vivek, trying to recreate the Rubio moment from 2016, where he absolutely destroyed and killed a candidate, drank his blood, and made sure that he was never heard from again. So let's watch. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for And the reality is, the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. And so the reality is, more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate Governor, change. Governor, Governor Haley, are you bought the and paid for? Hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. Oh, I know what that is. The last person (laughs) in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing in the stage I know that guy. Oh, I don't like that guy. And, and you'll help elect me just like Now look, here's the thing. You know, he's trying to recreate the Rubio moment where uh, he, he made Rubio short circuit, absolutely took him down. But that was an in-the-moment deal. That was not a candle line. This was clearly a candle line pre-written, uh, you know, calling him Chad GPT. Like you said earlier, Micah. Oh, yeah, I know what Chad GPT is. I have a... I have a loose knowledge of what that is, so <laughs> that that's funny to me. It, it's it's cringe. It really is cringe, but also kind of based. I do have to give him credit here because it was racist, and being <laughs> racist is cool and fun. The funny thing about this was right before the debate, I saw Chris Christie up there, and I was explaining to my dad because I'm a political expert. I was like, "So here's Chris Christie is the establishment Republican attack." Right. He's got some backroom deal with uh, DeSantis or somebody. He's going to come out here and he's going to try to take somebody down. And uh, and I was like, there it is. There it is. Chris Christie coming on the attack. Yeah, that was his designated role was to be the attack dog, the uh, the pit bull, the Republican GOP pit bull. And look, he did somewhat well in that respect. I, I I will give it to him. He stirred a lot of shit. He got in the middle of the controversies. So I can appreciate that. I can appreciate anybody who's going to go in and stir some drama and make it, you know, not just boring, uh, boring politics. You know, make it personal. Be racist. You know, <laughs> shit, shit on yeah. his last name. Say like, oh, yeah, his last name. That's like Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> On another note, like, holy shit, let the Obama thing go. Yeah, remember what that guy did, Obama? Remember what he did to the country? Absolutely nothing. Remember (laughs) that? The other thing about Remember how he was a bog-standard president (sighs) who wasn't really uh, notable from other presidents and just continued the agenda that we've been on for the last 60 years? We don't want that again! (laughs) I I keep talking about my dad because he's my pulse on the Republican Party, but when he saw Ramaswamy, he's like, he's just like Obama. 
He's young, he's colored, and he's got energy. That's a good thing. That's what the Republican Party needs. So Chris Christie's attack of he's like Obama when Obama came out of nowhere and won an election. I don't know if that really resonates the way he thinks it should. He's just like Obama who won a a fucking landslide election. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Won like 60 to 40 over some fucking old guy with a brain tumor. That's what the Republicans need. A, a young brown guy who can kill a fucking old guy with a brain tumor. That's, it's like Groundhog Day. It's like a fucking reflection in 2008. You know, when you put it like that, it really opened my eyes. Fuck. But, uh, uh. you know, very, very uh, nice commentary there. Very insightful. Very learned. Um. But now it's time, because we have so many clips to go through, it's time for a commercial break. Look, you know, we, we've been sponsored. We've been sponsored, finally, by yeah, Birch Gold Group, who just happened to also sponsor the Republican GOP debate. Birch Gold Group. Let's watch the ad that they uh-huh. cut for us, my friends. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. This is a great idea, a great investment. Invest with Birch Gold group i didn't just rip this off from rumble so i could commentate on their ads no we are sponsored so let's uh let's give it a watch do you trust our government and where the economy is heading no does the thought of losing your hard-earned retirement savings to dc's reckless spending scare the heck out of you yes well you're not alone smart americans are taking action while they still can by reaching out to birch gold group For over 20 years, Birch Gold has helped concerned Americans protect their futures by moving part of an existing IRA or 401k into a physical gold IRA. Because when things are a mess, like right now, Americans turn to gold. With an A-plus rating with a Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold is the trusted leader in gold. They're busier than ever because people are taking control of their savings away from the government and into their own hands. Text the word now to the number 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. There's no pressure and no obligation, just information. So get your no-cost info kit now. Text now to 9898. Oh! in them there rattleheads boys i tell you what i've been prospecting a long time and we're in a new gold rush fellas these chuds are dumb as hell they're ready to buy 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 our gold yeah yeah buddy this whole gold thing there's this whole uh, in the rightoid sphere there's this renewed interest in gold like oh you don't you don't trust the government you don't want those jew bankers to have your money do you <laughs> well give us your money and get gold get the gold buy the gold and it's so beyond my comprehension why gold is supposed to be some sort of like great investment why it holds value because the idea behind it is like oh yeah like you're preparing for the worst when when the whole fiat system crashes you'll still have your shiny your shiny bars of metal and people accept those in trade isn't isn't gold like isn't that that stuff that rich people put on their ice cream sundaes is that (laughs) yeah 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 did you know you can buy a, a a pill that like will literally turn your shit gold oh sick I've never understood the obsession with the gold standard. Like, it's like, oh, it sucks that our currency is backed by the promise of our government. Instead, we should have a currency that's backed by a shiny a rock. rock. A shiny, like, yeah. a rock. <laughs> and then you try and explain Bitcoin to some boomer and why it's like basically the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> 
it short circuits your brain. One, one thing I want to mention, did you notice in that whole commercial that there were no black people in it? <laughs> I, These are probably the only commercials that still air in the year of our Lord 2023 <laughs> that have no black people or commercials on rumble.com. I think the most Isn't that amazing? I think the most profound thing about that commercial is that they're like, we'll send you a free packet of information because you can't Google things. Free information is absurd. You can't just Google it or figure out how to look up online and do some research on Google. Like you need your free packet of Target demographic words uh, on paper. Like, yeah. Target we'll send you your free advertisement for uh, buying our products for free. Can you believe it? Remember back in the good old days when shiny stuff uh, had value? Uh, you know, it was more valuable to have something that was shiny than it was to have access to an image of your granddaughter's pussy. Do you remember those days? I I, I want to talk a little bit about how uh, there's no black people in these ads and why black people aren't the target demographic for gold, even though black people love gold. Does that not strike you as maybe a little bizarre? That, that is, is there not bizarre. something there? I, I want to tell you why. I want to break it down. It's because black people are smarter than that. They don't buy gold bars and the uh, for the hypothetical situation that everything crashes and somebody's going to trade their dwindling food rations for a shiny rock. They buy gold jewelry. Because it looks cool. Yeah, it no. looks cool. It, it's the same thing, except their store of value can get them bitches, too. That is true. Although, like, you know, with the pimp thing, the original reason that pimps wore a bunch of gold jewelry was that the cops could seize cash and say it was related to your criminal operation, but they couldn't seize your gold jewelry because that was like <laughs> a personal item. I'm not kidding. That's why pimps have always won, oh worn a lot of gold jewelry. It was a way to store value that couldn't be seized by the cops because you'd be like, yo, like that's my grandma's gold ring, man, like or some shit. I don't know. But that that's the reason behind that. Yeah, I just I and that's a very interesting fact. I'm cool. glad that we have a, a scholar and a historian here to tell us the history of why black people love their gold ranks so much like Sonic the Hedgehog. But, you know, uh, but now back to our debate coverage. Vivek is still under attack, my friends. Uh, now it's Nikki Haley. Um, Nikki Haley woman gets on stage for some reason. They let the secretary up there, told her she didn't have to answer (laughs) phones anymore, that she could go and, you know, spit some fire president, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's laughable. Everyone knows it's laughable, but she actually dabs on Vivek pretty well. I I would give her the dub in this situation. Now, I want to play her first clip where she denounces the evil Pootler and explains exactly why Vivek is wrong for saying, you know, maybe we shouldn't spend all of our money over to these foreign countries. We're not getting much in return for it because he is actually wrong about that. Let's uh, let's watch it and break it down. A win for Russia is a win for China. We have to know that. Ukraine is the first line of defense for us. And the problem that Vivek doesn't understand is he wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. He wants to let China eat Taiwan. He wants to go and stop funding Israel. You don't do that to friends. What you do instead is you have the backs of your friends. Ukraine is the front line of defense. (laughs) He's got his own version of wrong. If 
Russia, once Russia takes it's Ukraine, he's Poland and the Baltics are next. That's a world war. We're trying to prevent war. Look at what Putin did today. He killed Pergozin. When I was at the UN, the Russian ambassador suddenly died. This guy is a murderer, and you are choosing a murderer over, over a pro-American country. So here we are with the, uh, you know, Putler bad, Putler evil, that rhetoric. But I think it's actually a base take because, you know, she, if you read between the lines there, she actually appraises the situation pretty accurately. The, uh, the, the rhetoric of, you know, Putler evil, bad guy, literally Hitler, it, it's aimed at convincing like the mouth breathing class to support war. But what it comes down to, what every politician who supports this wants to do, and what's actually best for all of us as a country is maintaining geopolitical dominance, asserting yourself as a world superpower. It's absolutely the best case scenario for us to do that. And the way that you get the support for it is by saying, oh, well, the other guy is actually ontologically evil. They're insane. They're bad guys. They're communists. They're what whatever whatever works, whatever you can paint them as to uh garner the support to continue these wars. Well, that's that's all fair and good. And maybe I would have been able to uh catch some of that if her uh droning voice didn't cause me to fall asleep halfway through. It gets a lot right. worse. Her next point, she when her and Vivek start arguing, she becomes so naggy that I couldn't listen to it. But her point here, this is where Vivek lost me because yeah, the idea of like, oh, we should be paying for ukraine is actually retarded like we should be giving ukraine i wanted a candidate to come up there and be like when i am the president we are going to triple our funding for ukraine we are going to (laughs) hundreds of thousands of russians will die we will send them back over that border with their tail between their legs they will be crippled as a superpower and we will maintain our geopolitical supremacy no question but nobody had the balls for that Yeah, it would have been nice, you know, for someone to just say, look, here's the deal. Like, this guy isn't, they're not even, they're not more evil than we are. You know, we're the, we're the same amount of evil. None of us are the good guy. It's just, it it serves us well to keep these other people down. We want to be the best. If you want American exceptionalism, then we have to go to these other countries and cripple them. We have to hit them in the kneecaps. We have to be dirty about it. No, will, no one will ever say that. Has anybody considered that I was once stood up by a Ukrainian girl and I therefore want her home country to suffer under the oppressive hand of Vladimir Putin? <laughs> well, that's valid. I, I would not, you know, condemn you for that because you have a lived experience, you know, one that I can't take away from you, one where you were hurt and there's only one path to retribution to revenge and it's to have an entire country uh raised raped and <laughs> totally decimated because that bitch uh you know shot you down okay imagine this scenario though u.s gives ukraine tons of huge amounts of aid we liberate their country then you fly over there as based american that everyone loves and the next ukrainian chick does not span you up Especially when they're economic, well, like, e- their I mean, it, still it, in ruin. Yes, and- <laughs> that is that is a, that is that is a possibility. But on the flip side, with their country in ruin, hundreds of thousands of of refugees would come from there to here, and they'd be in proximity to us, and thankful and grateful to us for taking them in. So, I mean, either either way, 
uh, we're, we're good. That, that's playing I, both sides to always come out on top. That's what I'm talking about here, people. That's what I'm talking about. I, I do think that is the biggest resource in dispute here. I actually think Ukrainian women are the most beautiful in the world. And other than that, the country is a shithole. So when we're discussing what to do with Ukraine, we're just talking about the we're talking women we're talking about their streamers the forefront (laughs) well you know you were talking earlier mason about uh nikki haley being very very naggy being just awful just being horrible and i want to play that clip because i think it actually goes to show why vivek can't be the candidate why he cannot be the new donald trump this interaction really highlights you know, his failings. First of all, first of all, first of all, Mr. Ramaswamy, you have 30 and, seconds. Mr. DeSant, you know, Nikki, DeSantis, I wish you well right. in your future career on the boards of Lockheed and Raytheon. You know, I'm not on but the, the fact of, of the matter, and Raytheon, and you know, you Boeing came off of it, but you've been pushing this lie. Stage, you've been pushing this lie all week, Nikki. You want Nikki. to go and defund Israel? This, you want to okay, let me address that. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to address each of those right now. The false lies of a professional politician. There you have it. So you the reality make America is, less safe. you have no foreign me, policy experience, and it shows. And there you know it what? is. The, it the shows. foreign policy experience that you all have shows in the pointless wars we've gotten into. I have to address that. So that that to me shows why he can't make it, why he can't be the new Trump. You can see his brain short circuiting as she nags him to death. See, I, I mean, that is some A class nagging, and yeah. we've all been there. But why why are we gonna give why are we gonna give Nikki Haley woman credit for doing something like that when we all you know we we experience that in our own lives and we 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 understand exactly how Vivek is feeling in this situation because we expect better from our presidential candidate and Trump would have shut that down in two seconds Trump would exactly have said, Trump would have said uh, only Rosie O'Donnell except in a different way, but it would have been like that. You know, he would have been like, I'm going to address that. I'm going to address that. Right. Yeah. You know, the way he came across was that uh, he's trying to lay down some facts and logic. You know, he's trying to say, no, no, let let me, let me get in here. I'm going to give you a source. I'm going to give you a source. And he's just getting absolutely stonewalled by this squawking broad. And, you know, because that's why my confidence went to the fucking toilet for him after seeing this because if he can't even tell an annoying woman to shut up how can he lead the free world <laughs> donald trump's greatest place or greatest strength has always been that he can put bitches in their place anytime some right. woman starts squawking at donald trump he puts her in her place you know and yeah and that's a signal of strength for men and i i completely agree honestly that's fair so, you know, I'm not I'm not praising Nikki Haley for this necessarily because I, I would never praise such behavior, but it, it was his inability to deal right. with this that uh, that brought us to this point. So, you know, he, he's unable to respond for his 30 seconds. He's getting stonewalled. He's getting blown the fuck out. So let's see how our uh, Indian bro here, our curry bro, let's see how he finally responds to these allegations of not supporting Israel enough. Our relationship with Israel will never be stronger than by the end of my first term. But it's not a client relationship. It is a friendship. 
And you know what friends do? Friends help each other stand on their own two feet. So I will lead Abraham Accords 2.0. I will partner with Israel to make sure Iran never is nuclear armed. But you know what I love about Israel? And I've been there probably in the last 10 years more than most people on this stage. You know what I love about them? I love their border policies. I love their tough on crime policies. I love that they have a national identity and an iron dome to protect their homeland. And so, yes, I want to learn from the friends that we're supporting. And what puzzles no, me is, no, I want to learn from those and apply you, those to protect our homeland, that Nikki. Israel that needs is the answer. America. America needs on? Israel. Okay, they Governor DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, you Fundamental misunderstanding. I love Israel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about. He keeps coming back to border policies with everything. Everything is about the border, and I just hate that issue for a public. Is it really such a winning issue that everything has to be about the border? God damn it! But Nikki Haley, as much as she is a shrill woman, her stances on foreign policy are absolutely correct, and it is kind of funny. Like I don't know. Like she's like, no, like Israel's the front line. We maintain Israel so that we can use them to proxy war with anyone in the area same goes for ukraine i i don't know it's just funny well it's also interesting to me to see the uh well you know israel is our friend and we should be more like israel the thing about israel is that they're a vassal state that you know they're a colony essentially of us with israel what we see them doing uh how do i want to put this i guess what i would say is that with Israel, they are dependent on us completely and entirely. Like, that's why they freak out so much when one American is anti-Semitic, like, accidentally. That's why the their whole industry will go after someone like that, because they need us. And any slipping of that support means death for them. If we were more like Israel, we would have a stronger country supporting us, being a vassal state to them, giving us everything we need to survive. We we can't assume that position. It's impossible. We can't. We cannot be Israel. Israel is our pit bull in the Middle East. Israel is our pit bull <laughs> that we have chained up in the Middle East, ready to kill. They draft everyone. We give them military tech. They're ready, and that's what they're there for. And they understand that. And you know, they and honestly, they're our best pit bull. Like you look at all of our other allies in NATO, like France and like the UK, whatever the fuck they're doing. But like as far as supporting Israel goes. Yeah, like if anyone in the Middle East talks up, we can have Israel roll on them. <laughs> Israel is our Chris Christie in the Middle East. Yeah, that's a more appropriate exactly. comparison. A big, a big fat pit bull ready to take them, take any of those sand people down at any time on our command. We say Israel sit, Israel stay. You know, and usually sometimes Israel, they're a pit bull. They get a, a shrill, little unruly. A shrill, fat, they angry might... man is a better representation of Israel to me. You know? Israel, get, they get a little, uh, you know, they, they go and they maul some Palestinian baby. And we say, look, you know, it's not the breed. OK, <laughs> it's not the breed. It's not their fault. It was self-defense. Yeah, yeah. It's the owner. Uh, to move along a little bit from this before uh, I get killed by JIDF snipers. Um. Uh, we have a video here where basically the panel is asked, if Trump is convicted and wins the nomination, will you still support him to become the president? I I is that on your mind? Is that something you're willing to do? Even if this man is in jail, running game from jail, having like a contraband cell phone where he makes calls like a fucking cartel leader, are you still going to support him to become president? And uh, let's see let's see how that goes down. Let's see what the people on stage have to say. If 
former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. <laughs> fucking Ron looks over. Chris uh, yeah. Christie. Well, look, you see, you see DeSantis look around like you were saying. This is what I keep saying about faggot Ron. Literally a robot made in a lab. Reptilian fucking skinwalker shapeshifter. Not of this earth. Like, what? There's no better representation, really, of that fact than seeing him look around, see what the consensus is, and really hearing the cheering. Once you hear the cheering when uh, Curry Bro raises his hand, the others to the right of him raise his hand, then he raises his hand, but he has no actual convictions. I, I he, He's like Jello. He's like Jello. He has he has no skeleton, even. I think that he might not even... I, I don't really know what to say about him other than he's, like, pathetic. Like, you could step on him. Are reptilians even him? allowed to vote? I t- the, the best part of this question is that um, they, really, they said the elephant not in the room, referring to Donald Trump. And this question forces the candidates to be like, how much do I need to appeal to Donald Trump's base? You know, mm-hmm. like, because uh, each of them, pretty much all of them would like to say no, or they're trying to cut out the Republican base that doesn't support Trump, but they need to cut into his base. And most of Trump's base wants them to say yes here. You know what I mean? It's, most it's, of Trump's base isn't watching this debate. Yeah, they were all watching <laughs> Tucker, which yeah. we'll get into uh, sooner rather than later. But it is kind of funny because when you see this and you see that Donald Trump is such a focal point of this debate, who didn't even bother to show up because he considers these people to be insignificant insects it really goes to show that it's kind of like i don't know it's kind of it's fighting over scraps is what it comes down to it, it it's trying to drag on his balls you know this is the fight for becoming vice president more than anything that's why uh ramaswamy raised his hand so fast he's not gonna make it he knows that but maybe he can make it to where mike pence used to be seeing chris christie whose entire campaign is I hate Trump. I'm not Trump. Half-heartedly raise his hand at the end of the question because yeah. even he knows that his hardline stance isn't enough. That that's very telling. Yeah. Well, look, Chris Christie probably has a hard time raising his arm above his head. I, you can't really fault him too much for, you know, being disabled being unable to do so. Um, and you know, with that, you see DeSantis being literally a robot made in a lab i have further proof that he is actually made in a lab and not a human being at all now i've used that line of attack against a lot of people i don't like half-heartedly believing it at times just you know stretching trying to figure out an avenue of attack but with desantis i legitimately believe this this is is not a human and i would like to uh point to his final speech You know, his final 60 seconds where he really tries to sell you on himself. I want to point to that and show you that this guy is not a man at all. Governor DeSantis. Look at this. 
this is our time for choosing. Hi, we will send Joe Biden back to his basement and we will reverse the decline out. of this country. I'm Whoa. a blue collar kid. I work minimum wage jobs to be able to make ends meet. I understand the importance of the American dream and I know how that slipped away from so many millions of Americans will restore it. I'm a veteran who served in Iraq. I know what it means to put service above self. I'm also a dad and a husband to six, five and three year old. I understand the importance uh, of protecting parents' uh, rights and the well-being of our children. Points. In Florida, uh, we showed Christ, it could dude. be done. I made promises and I delivered on all of those promises. 2024 Florida, is make or break. We're not getting a mulligan. No excuses. I uh, will get the job done. Wow. And as your president, I will not let you down. God bless you all. Nailed so it. In the beginning. Nailed it. Did it. <laughs> yeah. what his operating system is glitching out and he's short circuiting. And then they say his name, uh, Governor DeSantis, and he snaps back to reality. Um, th this is like his entire thing. The chat GPT comment that, uh, that actually would made apply to that, back. like unironically. That applies to Ron DeSantis, that whole can speech. That Way worse. <laughs> way, worse. way worse absolutely worse uh no one even attacked him the whole debate i would have pulled clips of that because i hate faggot ron more than anybody else on the stage by far by a mile no one attacked him and this is why it's because this is what happened in 2016 do you remember the last time we had an autistic florida governor high up <laughs> in the polls in the beginning do you remember do you remember please, what please happened clap. to that guy please I mean, yeah. this man will be his own undoing. People will watch this and say, wait a minute, this guy is a robot. This guy literally does not have a soul. He has no soul. Um, it, basically, the entirety of him being on stage for this debate was like a family guy cutaway where he says, holy crap, Lois, this is just like the time I was governor of Florida. <laughs> that, that was DeSantis during the whole thing. Extremely uninteresting, nothing notable. Just like he's been for his entire career. And I cannot wait to see him crash and burn and uh, never be heard from again. Hopefully. He, he seems to think that he's Trump here where he can just sit on the side and say some canned lines and have his cronies that he promised fucking cabinet positions attack people for him. And, oh, I can look presidential by not mixing it up in the debate. And that is a fundamental misunderstanding of where he actually is. He needs to win these debates. Like just sitting on the side yeah. and literally repeating himself, he's going to lose the primary. People these like debates me. debates matter. You can't do that. <laughs> like people like you, they don't like you enough to vote for you over Trump. Like Trump can sit out this debate because – and at the same time, Trump's also doing shit right now. He just released his mugshot. He did his Tucker interview. Like he's sitting out the debate, yeah. but he's busy. Uh, like, yeah, no. I actually think – this is the end of Ron DeSantis. It's over for him. Right, because the reason that Trump was able to sit out, Ron DeSantis essentially sit out the debate. He brought nothing new. He, not, he brought nothing of value. The reason Trump was able to do it, like you said, is because he didn't want to grace these bottom feeders with, uh, you know, the legitimacy of him appearing and mingling amongst them. He didn't yeah, want to it, grace it, them. It would, be, it would be like if Trump had run in 2016 and just got, he got up on stage and was like, I, I was the host of The Apprentice. Yeah. I had billions of dollars. Remember Holy me? Crap, Lois. Remember that time I was running The Apprentice? <laughs> no, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have worked out. And that's not what the modern Republican voter is looking for. 
They want blood to be drank. They want somebody who's going to go up there and take scalps. And he's unable to deliver on that because he's not a human, because he's a robot, because he's not programmed for that. That wasn't uploaded to his software. It doesn't work. It's funny, too, because I was pissed about Trump not coming back to the debate stage. But on reflection, I mean, like if Trump had been here, all it would have been was, I mean, the debate already was at least half about Trump, right? But if Trump was there, it would just be people attacking him. Instead, Vivek's getting the attacks. Like, I think his move to skip this, especially when he knew his mugshot was dropping and he had his interview on Tucker, I think his move to skip this was top two. It just sets him aside from the candidates. It says, I'm the final boss. I'm not even close to on your level. I am Super Saiyan ascended and like you guys are Super rats. Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was as the uh as as the Trump people like to say, it was 4D chess. It really was with the mugshot with the Tucker interview. He he stayed above the filth. He stayed above them. And he really showed that this is, you know, uh, th- this is a contest for second runner. This is a contest for runner up, debasing themselves, going up there and, you know, making themselves look retarded. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to completely throw away the notion that someone might by some miracle uh, come out, you know, of left field and usurp Trump's front runner status, but it's it is highly unlikely at this point. It it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. It's not looking good. My question for that is who? Like, you know, Ron DeSantis was the expected person that might assert Trump. He looks stupid. I honestly think it's over for DeSantis after this. Vivek, you know, Orion likes to say he got mogged, whatever. We had a discussion about this, but at the end of the day, he distinguished himself most during this debate, in my opinion. But he still kissed Trump's ass, and he still says dumb mm. shit, and I don't Doug think Burgum. he's even close. He really, <laughs> he really Burgum. distinguished himself <laughs> as Burgum. somebody who's an outsider, you know? Who's not yeah. bought and paid for like all these politicians, you know? Like the guy who's already in in first place. Just like (laughs) that. Like the guy who's just posted his mugshot because the opposition's trying to put him in prison. I mean, that angle, he's so beat on that angle. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. Yeah. You can't become number one with that angle. But, you know, uh, Trump did put out a truth. He he re-truthed it, too. He said that, I appreciate you, Vivek. Thanks for stumping for me so hard. You know, maybe I'll give you a cabinet position or, you know, maybe I'll just let yeah. you uh, suck my wiener. Maybe I'll just <laughs> let you get on your knees, slop it up. Shine my shoe it. afterwards. <laughs> well, you shine my shoe, boy. Thanks, boy. Here's a nickel. Here, here's a gold bar from Birch Bay Gold Group or whatever the fuck. I think I got a, I think I have a couple rupees lying around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, this is fun, but the only thing that, in my mind, could have made it possible that Trump gets usurped is probably Ron DeSantis being super fire in this, and that didn't happen. He no, sucks. No. This this, this debate, I, I'm excited for the second debate because I loved watching this debate, but these people are all trash, and they're going to die. Trump's the nominee. Yeah, I think that's the takeaway that any uh, full-blooded radical centrist would take away here. I think that that's the uh, final the conclusion. Cast, the grill cast analysis yes. on our 2024 candidates. And, you know, we mentioned that Donald Trump, you know, he wasn't here. He didn't grace these insects uh, with his presence because he was busy 
with Tucker, the good old Tuck, you know, off Fox News, on the Twitter, doing his own thing. And they had a conversation. Now, Tucker is a bit unleashed now. He's no longer constrained <laughs> by uh, Rupert Murdoch and his... Uh, his whims and wills. No, he's able to say what's really on his mind. And so I just brought in a couple clips from that where Tucker actually confronts Trump about the Jeffrey Epstein uh, suicide, murder, whatever you want to call it. They have a little bit of a disagreement here, but it's an interesting dialogue and one that I would like to dissect with you, the viewer, today. Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I don't know. I will say that, you know, he was a fixture in Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Barr said about it either. I have no idea what he said. What did he say? He killed himself, probably? He said he killed himself and that they were going to do this investigation. They never did the investigation. It's never been public. And they hid it. And like, why are they doing that? And clearly Barr knew. But why would Bill Barr be covering up the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, Bill Barr didn't do an investigation on the election fraud either, okay? He said he did, and he pretended he did, but he didn't. uh, Do you think it's possible that Epstein was killed? Oh, sure, it's possible. I I mean, I don't really believe... I think he probably uh, committed suicide. He had a life with, you know, beautiful homes and... Beautiful everything, and he, Beautiful uh, everything. all of a sudden he's incarcerated <laughs> and not doing very well. I would say that he did, but there are those people, there are many people, I think you're one of them, right? But a lot of people think that he, uh, he was killed. He knew a lot on a lot of people. He was killed, you I think. think. So? I- so we have this little back and forth here. You know, Trump doesn't want to say that he did kill himself. He doesn't want to go that far. And the it begs the question, why? Why wouldn't Trump embrace this line? Is he being honest? Does he not believe that that happened? You know, does he see it as some big conspiracy theory? He has to be more privy to knowledge on it, having been the president at the time when this went yeah. down. Yeah, the idea that he he did not know anything about what Barr had said um, on the issue is is ridiculous. Um, he's he's certainly playing an angle. I just don't know what it is. That's yeah. To pretend that maybe he did just kill himself. That's a little. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to alienate um, the non conspiracy the non conspiracy theorist uh, crowd. He, but, Look, that but is, is pretty it... presidential to not want to alienate the pro Epstein crowd. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> Epstein's a conspiracy where I feel like you're not even just talking about the conspiracy crowd. I mean, I think most people, maybe I'm totally out of touch here, but I don't no, know. No, no, you're right. He's trying to hide his crimes. I, Very well could be. But look, when he's asked about this, I cut like 30 seconds where he talks about, oh yeah, well, like Barr didn't investigate the election fraud claims either. He tries to change the subject yeah. and then, yeah. you know, Tucker brings it back a little bit. Uh, it's like, it, Tucker, it's why little, are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah, you can you can tell by his body language too, and the way that he responds to it. He he does not want to be answering this. He doesn't want to be party to this. Um, it it is rather telling that he doesn't say, "Well, you know, I was president at the time, so I have a little additional insight, a little more info to share." The deep state's coming after me. They arrested me. They're trying to kill me and drink my blood. So here, have a little bit more. Have a little bit more. That'd be red meat uh, for his base for the I, Republicans. Yeah. He agenda. does to give him a little bit of credit. He does mention the fact that you know there were no cameras. You know everybody was asleep at the time, and that was all very suspicious it, it's weird to me because yeah i think the best thing for trump right there that would have maybe brought some people from the other side over him and definitely emboldened his base was to be like epstein was killed 
there's some weird shit. Like, I absolutely think that there's a ton of people involved. He could have been like, yo, like, these Democrats are totally involved. <laughs> like, I don't Dude, know. If he yeah, just, yeah. If he just I mean? flat out, like, if he just came out, flat, you know, flat out, just said it was demons. Demons. <laughs> <laughs> Phased to the walls of the prison and and dragged Jeffrey Epstein into into hell directly into hell, his soul out of his body. I would have been like, okay, I'm with this. That definitely sketches. That's why the cameras went off. That's why everybody fell asleep. I don't see how it's beneficial to him not to do that. I mean, he's worried about. I don't think independence would be. I don't think anyone's getting that. I don't think he's alienating independence. I think. Politically, his best move there is to go balls to the walls on it, and he doesn't, which is weird. Well, I don't think it's so weird if you consider uh, that there may Klaus be conflicts Schwab. of interest <laughs> on his side. But, you know, uh, it goes on a little bit more than that. Tucker kind of continues on. He, I'll give Tucker credit here. He doesn't just let it go. He doesn't softball it. He continues on. I think the, more, the closer you look, I'm not a conspiracy person at all. I believe everything I hear. Uh, but yeah, the, the closer you look into it, I mean, the Attorney General of the United States, your Attorney General, yeah. clearly lied about the Epstein death. Yeah, and he was. Why? He was uh, certainly it wasn't well done. They had no cameras. They had no anything. Everybody was sleeping, and you know, there the a case could be made. Look, I'm not going to get involved in it, but I can tell you, a case could be made either way. But uh, it certainly wasn't the most well-run place. So is it not a little bit weird that Donald Trump, the guy who's known for being a firebrand, fences this particular issue, probably the only <laughs> issue that he ever fences? Like this particular I don't, I don't have an opinion. I, I don't have an opinion. It wasn't a particularly well-ran place. Our maximum security prison, <laughs> the greatest in the United States, was not particularly well-ran. Yeah, no. <laughs> It continues to be just as insane as it always is. I don't want to rehash this because, like, but we, we have prisons and we have, like, um, facilities in every county where we can put 12-year-old girls who listen to too much My Chemical Romance and it's impossible for them to kill themselves. Like, a maximum security prisoner, we have, no, they, no. Is that what the suicidal 12-year-old girls are listening to these days, My Chemical Romance? <laughs> Don't, don't put that on me, man. You fucking Look. boomer. No, 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 but I get I get the point that you're making. You know, I'm I'm just being a dick here, but I understand what you're saying. We have these facilities where it's impossible for someone to kill themselves, but you can't have this guy. I, I still think the issue should be rehashed. I mean, the whole demonic pedophiles thing was pretty central to 2016. If anybody remembers correctly, the debunked Pizzagate conspiracy. But the the entire idea that our government is run by demonic pedophiles and then like suddenly we have this look, I get that this is totally gonna get brushed by the wayside. Everyone just like it's uh it's just like Snowden, everyone just accepts that yes, they are demonic pedophiles, like we have other issues to address, but I do feel like it's worth talking about, even though it won't be. Well, that's kind of what's interesting is, you know, you see this clip being shared around and it's like, look, Tucker talked about it to Trump and they talked about it. I saw a lot of people saying that Trump agreed that Epstein killed himself. 
like is a headline and then you know he absolutely doesn't uh <laughs> no. yeah it is kind of it is kind of just one of those things that at the end of the day it's like are we gonna rehash this forever or are we just gonna know that they lied to us and like well that's like a year old now so we have new stuff to talk about like we all know i don't know everyone knew the whole time and it's not a big deal <laughs> yeah yeah, no shit. So it might uh, just be one of those things that it, you know it takes you know fifty or sixty years. You know, like JFK. You know, it's yeah, just like gonna JFK, be one of those. Yeah, like MK Ultra. You know, our grandkids will get to know the truth about an old Jewish pedophile from the you know early twenty first century. That's the thing. You know, time heals. Time <laughs> heals everything, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. including those children on Epstein yeah. Island. Uh, time, you know, so- time makes time makes <laughs> crimes irrelevant. So Tucker goes on and asks, you know, you're you're obviously, excuse me, a big deal. Don't you think the intelligence agencies are going to try and kill you? I mean, he's going like full, <laughs> full red pill here. Uh, I, I want to play that video and yeah. show Trump's reaction to that information. So the reason I'm asking you is I'm looking at the trajectory since 2015 when you got into politics, yeah. you know, for real. And then one, uh... There, it started with protests against you, massive protests, right. organized protests by the left, and then it moved to impeachment twice, right. and now indictment. Uh-huh. I mean, the next stage is is violence. Is, are you worried that they're going to try and kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you, honestly? Uh, they're savage animals. They <laughs> yes. are people that are sick, really sick. So, yeah, he's basically just like... Uh, why are you saying this? <laughs> Stop giving people ideas. Holy shit, what are you doing? You know, well, they, he, go ahead. Well, Tuck, they're not going to try and kill me because I didn't just spill the beans on Epstein. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's part of his insurance policy, right? Like, if he doesn't drop it all, maybe they don't kill him. Maybe he has a dead man switch. Maybe he has something like maybe that. He un- maybe he unironically thinks that, like, all the people in, like, the CIA or FBI or whatever, like, actually like him. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're fond of him. Yeah, like, <laughs> they get along well, you know. I, t- I took them out golfing, you know. There, wa- there is actually a clip. I didn't grab it because I knew we were going to be running super long. I didn't want to go for two hours. But where uh, Trump is talking about the intelligence agencies with Tuck, and he's like, you know, they're not all bad people. Most of them actually good people. I have a lot of friends yeah. there, a lot yeah. of good guys. Yeah. It was just Christopher Ray or whoever the they're fuck. Like, Comey, yeah. They're yeah, not going to kill Comey. me. Yeah, they're not going to kill me. They wouldn't do that. That's not like <laughs> them. We're bros, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah god that would be some shit if they did holy fuck i mean <laughs> i don't know who the rightoids would rally be- rally behind but like if trump got sniped through the dome i don't know i mean where do we go from there you have to imagine it'd be pretty funny right like if like <laughs> okay if he got hit on the head and then like joke time his, fucking, <laughs> his hair just like flew off and like just his like hair was there like an indian scalped him <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that'd be jokes, like, right? Where do we go from there? Like, does Vivek like come out and be like, "They killed Trump, and I'm gonna continue his legacy"? I don't really see another workable option, but someone would have to step up, and they would win the Republican primary just by being like, "They murdered Trump, and I stood by him." It's a, it's a crazy timeline to consider. 
Yeah, I mean... Well, it look, wouldn't happen during the election. It would happen after, you know, he took office and then, you know, whoever whoever his vice president is or whoever can be, you know, inundated and informed that, you know, yeah, you, you better get in line, Sonny, uh, or else same shit's going to happen to you. Look, I don't want to wish that this would happen. I don't wish death on anybody except for people who minorly inconvenience me in my day-to-day <laughs> life, but... It would be really interesting and kind of cool. Yeah. Don't go do it. Don't go do it. No, yeah, we're, that's do, we're You know what? It, that's what I was just thinking. This country's due for a presidential assassination. It's been a long time. Overdue by far. It, it's like an earthquake, fun. you know? It's just, it has to happen sometimes. That's At least that's an attempt. I mean, out. come on, guys. Can you imagine how competent the Secret Service must actually be? There's no way that there were. I mean, 300 million yeah. people in the country, a lot of them totally wigged out. There's no way <laughs> at least like 50 people didn't try and murder Donald yeah. Trump. But I get yeah, that they're not, absolutely. they're not bringing their best. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're not sending their best. No. But the Secret Service must be ridiculously competent to keep every terminally online idiot with a 308 from killing the president. Yeah, for the I Secret mean, Service. Yeah, honestly. Good job, boys. Thank you for your service. That that is a big thing, honestly. They must be extremely competent, uh, able to wield their massive spying powers to see that these uh terminally online wingcocks don't do this sort of thing. Cause like you said, they're not sending their best to these would-be presidential assassins. I feel like they would be people that would be, uh, you know, oversharing their plans on the internet, you know, <laughs> putting it out there that they're going to do it and make the attempt. Those are all the news on articles Reddit. I com. see. Yeah, yeah, reddit.com or on Facebook. That was the most recent one where some guy's like, I'm going to go kill the president on his <laughs> Facebook profile. He's like, my 308's ready for you, Joe Biden. That's not... Look, the, these aren't these aren't like super secret spy killers trained, ready to go with a plan of action. They're deranged people. You have to be a literal mongoloid retard to, uh, you know, attempt something like that, I would think. But I don't think all of them are posting on social media. There's definitely like a pretty good number of like boomers that don't even know how the internet works that have been like, I'm going to kill Joe Biden. And like, they, you know what I mean? I mean, yes, a lot of them post about it online and give it away, but there's got to be some stealthy actors, you know? I don't know. And the sheer number of them, I imagine there's been a lot. Like, 50 is a low ball. There's a lot of people in this country. I don't know. But, you know, it's kind of a chicken in the egg situation. Like, will you reach the point of mental retardation? That you, uh, you know, want to go do something like that without being, without, uh, being induced with algorithmically, uh, programmed autism. Yeah. Uh, algorithmically I mean, may- programmed autism is a, it's very powerful, but I've met a lot That's of. That's a very, very new thing. I mean, you used to have your old school, like schizophrenics and ideologues, you know, those people I've, existed. I've met a lot right, of very dying boomers with none of that. Yeah, that's true. I, I I think that that style of uh of schizophrenic is a dying breed, and we're moving on to this new technological era of uh schizophrenics who give away their plans before they're able to execute them. But we're we're way off. We're we're we got into the weeds a little bit. 
still very interesting, very compelling content, but we need to get the fuck out of here. We've been recording for so long that we need to wrap this up by talking about the elephant in the room, Donald Trump's mugshot. Wow. Wow. We uh, Donald Trump arrested, finally processed. Now, panelists, you know, esteemed panelists of the Grillcast today, how do you feel about this mugshot? Some people are saying that it's extremely thug life. Uh, some people are saying that it's extremely based. I personally believe that it's a psyop uh, <laughs> to secure the black vote. But how do you all feel about this? Um, no, I'm, I'm on your side, uh, Orion. And I, and quite frankly, I think it's a powerful one. Yeah. There was a lot of talk, people saying he should have a shit eating grin, but I personally prefer his orange steel look. I like this. Orange his tagline, steel. <laughs> his tagline, never surrender his hard look. The only thing, and I've been talking about this a lot is it pisses me off that in his first tweet in ages, or he tweeted his mugshot, the fact that he didn't center the fucking photo. I mean, like, it, it's a good photo. When you're having a mugshot, most people look like shit. This one, it looks hard. Yeah, it yeah. looks good. It's a great yeah. look. It's going on t-shirts. But Jesus Christ, just crop the left side a little bit. Oh, my God. You would think so, but, you know. This, it that, really reinforces his claim of being the first black president. It enforces the claim of being the first black president, of being king of the boomers, unable to crop it into being uh, <laughs> perfectly well and fine. If you look at the link that he put, DonaldJTrump.com, it's a fucking GeoCities website from 1997. It's actually impressive how bad it is. It's a ramshackle <laughs> affair that was put together in maybe like 15 minutes. They just decided at the last second, like, hey, maybe we should do something with this picture, which is understandable. Maybe they didn't know the picture would go so hard that he would look so stone cold. Um, I do kind of wish, though, even though the it, it's a good picture, I would appraise it at like an 8.5 out of 10 mug shot. He looks pissed. He looks like he's ready for revenge. But I would say that uh, the, the taco bowl shit eating grin that oh, he God once wore. Yeah, I don't the, know. Uh, I don't know what he's saying right now. He's gone. My God. I can't, I can't fathom. All right. I've cut out of internet again. We're going to wrap up the show. I can't keep doing this, my grillas. I'm sorry. So, wow, what Fuck, a show. Uh, a hard it. analysis of the facts and logic at hands here. The beginning of a new era of the 2024 GOP debates, of the primary cycle that we need, you know, that we need to see who are we going to support, who's going to come out on top, and who's going to go and be a bottom for the rest of their life because they're gay and they lost. Uh, we will keep you posted, updated. Every step along the way, we will decide who is based, who is cringe, and we will take you on that journey with us. And with that, thank you for listening and peace out, my grillos. Everything cooler, long as I'm not Laura Loomer. If you think I'm not number one, I just spell that rumor. Hit that victory boy, yeah, along some motherfucking coochie. Default dance on a bitch. Hit the default dance on a bitch. Floss dance while I'm flossing in the whip. Victory Royale, when that chop I hit. Self-incrimination, I have no participation. News keep asking, I don't say shit. You can't have my conversation. Nah, the internet cut out, so I was just like, I'm cutting the fucking outro. That's it. We're done. Fuck this. Okay. That's it. Outro it. We're done. Yep, yep. Fuck it. Get out of here. Good stuff. Alright, well, I think we're yeah, good stuff.